Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. First things first, right off the jump, I want to address my last show. And the audio was jumbled because I had to split it. Um, it, Who cares about that stuff? But I apologize for that. I don't know why it split the way it did. It's been fixed, but unfortunately, if you listen to it, it sounded out of place and I apologize. Won't happen again. Now, going forward, let's talk about this team because we have a big one this week to go to 6-0. and um, What we're going to talk about on this show. We are going to do at the end of the show what will be something I do weekly now, and that will be my top 10 teams and my top 5 players right now that I think should be in the MVP discussion. Again, just kind of keeps you more wrapped around what's going on in the NFL. But this week, so... Nicobe Dean, let's start there. Nicobe Dean is back practicing. He is activated to the 21-day uh, practice window. So the Eagles essentially have three weeks to decide if, not if, well, decide when he's going to come back on the roster. He could be activated for this game. He could be activated for the following game. Um, it's more or less up to the Eagles. Cooper Cup just did this last week, and the Rams activated him instantly for the Eagles game. The Eagles don't have to do that. They have 21 days. I could see where the Eagles potentially may hold off on it because right now they don't really have 53 guys where you have obvious cuts. And we're going to have to talk about that in a second because Braden Mann was signed to the active roster. He is the punter. He takes Cam Jurgenspot, who went on IR. Let's just go through what's going on in terms of this roster tango that the Eagles have to play. Um, Nicobe Dean's going to be put back on the team. Now, who's the obvious guys that could potentially be cut, right? Because they got to free some, uh, you know, some guys up. And by cut, I mean more than likely these guys will get cut and then probably re-signed to the Eagles practice squad unless another team claims them. My guess would be number one is Mario Goodrich. I, I think that it's essentially a formality that he is going to be cut. But I think the Eagles would love to get him back on the practice squad as they do believe he's a player that they could potentially develop. It hasn't went swimmingly well, obviously, for Goodrich this year. He was given another opportunity in this Rams game, and that was quickly taken away when they had to go to Eli Ricks and then to Bradley Roby. Who else? We just said his name, right? Eli Ricks, that people would think would potentially be a guy there because they have six corners. I don't think so with Eli Ricks. And the reason I say that is because Eli Ricks isn't a slot corner. He was kept as an outside corner. Uh, I would think Goodrich will go down and Bradley Roby will come up. Oh man, this is tough. And again, Bradley Roby's essentially on a tryout phase right here. I mean, he, he played rather well for being on the team for five days against the Rams. So my guess is Roby is going to be the slot corner and he is going to end up taking... Um, Goodrich's position. So now, who does Dean... Like, Dean's going to replace Goodrich, but I'm just saying it in terms of Slay's going to replace... Or Slay. <laughs> Roby's going to replace Goodrich in the secondary. Rashad Penny is becoming a clear and obvious cut candidate. The issue is this. The Eagles have three uh, running backs on the team. You don't want three... I mean, you could get away with three on your active team, but the issue becomes, what if one of the running backs gets dinged up? 
you want to have somebody in the wings. And they have a running back on their practice squad. It's just a matter of if they think that that's going to be somebody that they want to see have to possibly come get called up and play in game action. Like last year, they were very fortunate. They did not have to go to Trey Sermon. They had very incredible health at the running back spot. I mean, I could see a scenario where they cut Penny and they'd want to put Penny probably on their practice squad. I mean, I know Rashad Penny's not happy right now. How could he be? He's literally not a factor on this team at all. But at the same time, if he gets cut and nobody claims him, you know, maybe the grass isn't greener and he's got to just sit there and go, hey. And I hate to say swallow your pride, but I look at it like this, I tell him. Rashad, if you do get cut by the Eagles and then you have practice squad offers to join somebody's practice squad or not, stay with the Eagles because if you have to get called back up to the active roster and you have to be used, you're being used in behind one of the best offensive lines in football, especially running the football in terms of the way they run block. So your chance at, if you do have to get on the field to show you have something, your best case scenario would be in Philadelphia. Now, who else? They have four tight ends. Albert O has been a, just, they haven't used him. I don't believe they would cut him. <laughs> Calcaterra stole, I don't know. I mean, again, four tight ends to me is a very heavy number. It really is. Um, I mean, you could look around. I'm trying to like, they're not going to do anything on the offensive line. Just immediately get rid of that idea. I guess you could look at a Jomo or Street because they have seven defensive tackles. I mean, I know I heard the name Terrell Edmonds. The issue is they only have four safeties. And that is a position that they desperately may need to upgrade because Reed Blankenship could play, but God bless Justin Evans and, and Terrell Edmonds right now because I, I, I get it. They're just holding the fort for Sidney Brown. But at the same time, is Sidney Brown going to be somebody you can count on this season, again, already dealt with an injury. I mean, that doesn't help a rookie in terms of helping them progress in terms of being able to play. I think the Eagles' dream scenario was Evans and Edmonds essentially just play the position for the first half of the season, then Sidney Brown takes over. But the issue becoming here is that he's now missed some time. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not as clear as it could be with Sidney Brown. And again... Your goal is to win the Super Bowl this season. So, like, yeah, Justin Simmons is out there. That could be a name, and, and I understand now why more so. Like, if you told me, again, we're talking about guys that could potentially get cut. I will go into where I think we need to upgrade the most next. But, um, yeah, guys that, like I said, the, the, the cutting guys are probably Goodrich. You got to look at positions where we have more than you necessarily need. Goodrich, tight end, um... I guess then Ricks and, and like Contavious Street and Moro Ajomo, I know they don't want to. And more than likely what's going to happen is it's the NFL. Somebody else might go. I have to go on IR. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and speaking of injuries, we have to talk about something very important because on the injury report now, we have Jalen Carter, did not practice today, Fletcher or uh, Fletcher Cox did practice, which is good. It looks like he's going to play Sunday. Darius Slay has not practiced this week, which is a problem. And I just mentioned Justin Evans' name, right? He did not practice. So 
You know, like, I, I know the Justin Evans one people will, you know, whatever, not think too much of. But he is an upgrade over um, Sidney Brown. Or not Sidney Brown, um, Terrell Edmonds. But mainly, the main thing is Jalen Carter and Darius Slay. Like, Slay has not practiced all week. Carter just did not practice today. It's not good. It's something we definitely have to keep our, you know, our attention on for this weekend because, you know, Jalen Carter not playing is a big deal and Darius Slay not playing is a big deal. So just pay attention for this. These are some big things here in terms of especially going into a game where, hey, I get it. The Jets offense has been a struggle this year. That doesn't mean we should make it easier for them. Now, what I'm thinking about in terms of if you told me with this team, what are the three areas I would like to see them upgrade the most? If possible, with the trade, you know, everybody's going to be talking about trades here for the next coming uh, couple weeks. <sighs> I would say to you right now, if I could preferably have them make a trade at a position, it has switched. It was slot corner for me forever. Right now, I would probably go to safety. I'd like to see them get another, because again, I'm now not believing that Sidney Brown is going to be able to be a starter by the end of the season. I just don't know if it's going to be that way. Slot corner would be second, but again, at the same time, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't impressed with what I saw from Bradley Roby. Again, it's a very small sample size. Now, again, it was an elite team to get tested by in terms of slot receivers. You know, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, these guys all live in the slot, and then obviously Cooper Cup. But Bradley Roby was impressive. And then I would say to you, third would be another slot position, and that's slot receiver. Because obviously Quez Watkins is struggling mightily to play that spot. I think Alameda Zacchaeus can play it. But you can't be afraid to upgrade, especially on offense. And that's by miles the biggest weakness on this offense is slot receiver. Now, what do the Jets present that could cause the Eagles some issues? Because guess what? Believe it or not, the Jets are actually a pretty good team. They are. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, they are absolutely, without any question in my opinion, a team you're talking about that could potentially win a title. Now, their offensive line is majorly, majorly in, in trouble here. Like Dwayne Brown, I mean, they just had a, a crucial injury to them. Elijah Vera Tucker getting hurt this week. Um... It's going to be tough, especially against the Eagles defensive line. You know, that's, hey, that's where we're supposed to be. Our guys make their money is in the trenches, right? Well, okay, this is another banged up offensive line. You got to hope. The Jets have been trying to rely on running the football with Brees Hall, who looks like he's back to fully uh, what he was last season. Dalvin Cook, you know, trying to protect Zach Wilson. Well, the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league at stopping the run. By the way, Sean Desai, 10 million times better than Jonathan Gannon. Just get that out there. Um... Now, can they throw it? Obviously, if Slay's not playing, that helps. They have a, a super dynamic receiver in Garrett Wilson. That guy's awesome. Alan Lazard, you know, that they have weapons to throw the football to. It's just a matter of Wilson could put it on them. But the strength of the Jets is their defense. Like, their defense is spectacularly good. Like, they have talent at every level. 
Quinnen Williams, Quincy Williams at linebacker. You know, like their their corners, DJ Reed, Michael Carter, uh, Sauce Gardner, their safety, Jordan Whitehead, who's somebody I wanted, by the way, from Tampa Bay a couple years ago. They are excellent. Like that that's why the Jets stay in every game, no matter who they're playing. They're gonna stay in the game. Because you just simply can't score enough to run away from them because they they have elite level defenders at every level. I I will tell you this. This will be a really good test for AJ and a really good test for Devontae because this is the first time this season that they're gonna go up against a team that has two Pro Bowl caliber corners. One of which was an all-pro as a rookie in, in Sauce Gardner. But DJ Reed, a lot of people don't talk about him. He's excellent. And then, oh yeah, Michael Carter could play as well. So like, each spot, they could cover. And then they have a really good safety as well. Yeah, this, this one is not going to be easy by any stretch in terms of the offense being able to move up and down the field. But this is a great test. It's a great test, especially getting ready to go into a game against Miami. Where you know you're going to have to score. because, And the beautiful thing is if you could score against the Jets, you should feel pretty damn good being able to score about against anybody in the NFL. So this is our first, what, elite defensive test. Last week was the high-level quarterback test. They passed. Yes, did Matthew Stafford aid them a little bit by missing what should have been a walk-in touchdown in that third quarter? Sure. Or fourth quarter, I'm sorry. Sure he did. It was 20-14. to 14. It should have been 21-20. But oh, by the way, that happens too, you know? Not everybody's a machine and they're perfect. Like, mistakes do happen in a football game. But this is the Eagles' first high-level defensive test. But we'll be talking a ton about that game on Sunday. That's pretty much what's going on with the team. Like I said, the big thing to monitor is the injury report. Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, and Justin Evans. Those are the big ones right now. Jalen Carter being probably... I mean, Slay being the number one injury, but Carter is right. I mean, Carter's the best player, so it's like, again, it, fingers crossed they can both play. And Justin Evans as well, because he is a lot better than Terrell Edmonds. So fingers crossed all three can play. But again, when they pop up on Thursday on an injury report with a DMP, that's not really a good sign. On to my power rankings now. Let's get around to talking around uh, about the rest of the NFL. What's my top 10? It's pretty much staying the same each week, which is nice. But um, we do have a new team here entering my top 10, and I'm going to give it to Jacksonville. They went over to England and saved their season. Beat the Bills, or beat the Falcons first, and then beat the Bills last week. Jaguars gets a 3-2. and two. Uh, Definitely... That Houston loss was very concerning, but they've bounced back quite nicely. Nine, I went with the Buccaneers. They didn't play it last week, but again, still just one loss. Baker Mayfield playing rather well. That Eagles win against them in Tampa Bay looks better and better each week. Eight, I went with a team that just got bludgeoned, trounced. Dismantled the Dallas Cowboys. Am I somebody who thinks the Cowboys are some crappy, stinky team? No, no, I don't. I do not think the Cowboys suck. I do think they're front runners. And I think they're a team that if you punch them in the mouth, they don't have any fight back. 
which, again, it's like if they get to you first, they, 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 uh, that's how they're going to play. But if you punch them in the mouth, they can't handle it. They have an offensive coordinator slash head coach who is trying to put a system in place that I, I don't think fits the talent of the uh, players that he has. They have a quarterback who is clearly becoming a head case. Is Dak Prescott good? I think Dak Prescott's really good. I do. I think Dak Prescott has talent. I don't know what is going on with him. But it, it just seems to me he is not comfortable in this system. And I know, hey, he wasn't comfortable last year. He turned the ball over a lot more than he usually did. I don't know what's going on with Prescott. I think that he gets in his own head. And I think he, he's starting to force it. I think sincerely, if this season doesn't go the way it's supposed to for Dallas, and again, if they go to the first round of the playoffs and they have a first round exit, I can see this being the end of Dak Prescott as a Cowboy. I sincerely do. I think the fans down there have essentially deemed him Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But is he going to win you a championship? And that's the thing. If you're not first, you're last. But I keep the Cowboys at eight because, again, they do have a ton of talent. But my goodness, being a front runner is just not what you, you're not going to, they're not going to win the Super Bowl unless they can handle somebody punch them in the face. And they've gotten punched twice this year in the face and they've wilted both times majorly, once against the inferior Cardinals. And then now in San Francisco against the 49ers, where it was 42-10, but it might as well might as well have been 420-10. They got destroyed. Seventh, I went with the Buffalo Bills. Again, the, the Bills are just that team where it's like you think everything for them is going to be like they're going to be so good. And I'm not saying they're not good. They are very good. Losing their... You know, potentially all pro uh, level corner doesn't help them. Their all pro type level middle linebacker getting hurt in that game doesn't help them. You know, they're dealing with injuries. I get it. But I mean, they, they couldn't score. Allen turning the ball over still. Six, I went with the Seahawks. I mean, Devin Witherspoon's going to be a freaking player. Like, their offense is good. I mean, I think everybody just didn't want to give the Seahawks. I think everybody thought the glass slipper for Geno Smith was going to fall off. Yeah, they're they're good, but, you know, are they really that good? They got three really good receivers. That They got two really good corners. Um, Seahawks are a damn good team. And, hey, five, I have the Lions. And I think the Lions are proving how legit they are. And the Seahawks beat them in Detroit. So people could sit there and go, how are you, do you have the Seahawks behind them? I'm just telling you, it's like the NFL. You can't just say because somebody beat somebody, they got to be higher than them because that's the whole league. Somebody's going to beat somebody. But Detroit's excellent. Brian Branch is a player. Loved him. Wanted him out of the draft. Wish we had him. Who would you rather have right now? Honest to God, I, I ask all this to every Eagle fan out there. Right now, who would you rather have? Brian Branch or Nolan Smith? Pretty simple answer, right? Like, can you imagine if our secondary was Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, Blankenship, and Branch to start the season? And then Maddox getting hurt and Branch could just play slot corner as well. Like he's a safety slot hybrid. 
And then you could still draft a guy like Sidney Brown. You know what I mean? Or you could have used your third round picks on, let's say you go with, you know, Tyler Steen and if you want still to, you know, you could have used an possibly on Jalen Hyatt or a corner, whatever. But I'm just telling you, like, again, I'm not quitting on Nolan Smith. I'm not telling you Nolan Smith's not going to be a good player. You're an absolute fool if you write somebody off as a rookie, especially somebody who's not just playing a lot. He's not getting enough snaps, but I'm just telling you, Brian Branch would be getting significant snaps, and he's a really damn good football player. And the Lions are benefiting from it because C.J. Gardner-Johnson got hurt, and they haven't really skipped a beat in their secondary. And he's obviously an excellent football player. We all know that. Fourth, the Dolphins. Devin A. Chan, um, somebody I was also may, may, like pointing out there, hey, for the Eagles, in the third round, right, I was like, that's a guy, a name to watch. Now, again, they traded a fourth-round pick for DeAndre Swift. Uh, I More than, I couldn't be happier with that. It worked out. But, man, A-Chan is a freaking home-run hitter. Fortunately for the Eagles, hate to see it, obviously, but he won't be playing in the game because he's landed himself on uh, injured reserve. I think something with his knee. But doesn't they still don't lack or lack for speed at running back. Jeff Wilson's coming back, and they have Raheem Mostert. Like they're a track team. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Tua Tagovailoa just is the perfect point guard. Tonga Vailoa is the perfect point guard. Dolphins are good, and they got a, a. I know the Bills got him, but their defensive coordinator. I'm telling you, he's a genius. I know that because we use his schemes. Vic Fangio, third, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they lost to Detroit to start the season. Probably could have lost to the Jets. Controversial call there at the end of that game. Probably could have lost to the Vikings. Extremely controversial call against Minnesota with four minutes to go. The pass interference, the pulling of the helmet. Um, uh, like, hey, listen, they stole the Eagles Super Bowl like last year. And again, I not that they stole it. That penalty stole a chance for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. I'm not sitting here saying we would have won the game. I don't know how the last two minutes would have played out. But any chance of us winning the Super Bowl was taken by the referees. And the referees are getting too much involved, especially at the end of games, in benefiting Kansas City. And I'm not sitting here blaming the Chiefs. Like, it's not the Chiefs' fault. I mean, that's the truth. It's not their fault. They can't help what's happening. But at the same time, the NFL has to start looking at it going, you want to pull a flag, like whatever. You want to call some calls, that's fine. But that stuff with the Minnesota thing was just egregious. If you wanted to pick up the pass interference, whatever. But a player on the Chiefs took his helmet off on the field. There's no if and or buts there. Two, though, I went with the 49ers. Again, I get it. I know everybody thinks they're the best team in the league right now. They're playing unbelievable. They are awesome. They have so much talent. They don't. There's not an area on their team where they lack talent. It's incredible. And we're going to talk about them in a little bit here in the MVP thing. So I'm going to kind of go on because number one, I have as the number one team in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles still, 5-0. and but the MVP, if you ask me who are the top five guys for MVP right now in the league, fifth, I have Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Fourth, I have Patrick Mahomes. Three, I have Jalen Hurts. 
And two, now I officially have Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy's awesome. Like, he's a, he's a player. He is not a manager. He They're not winning in spite of him. They're not hiding him. Brock Purdy is not turning the ball over. I, I mean, he makes every throw. Like, it's time that people just accept the fact that this guy is a good player. Like, they found an absolute diamond in the rough, and it has saved their team because this thing could have blown up 75 different ways with this Trey Lance fumble and everything they gave up for him. But to get a guy with the last pick in the draft last season, and he ends up being somebody that you could just give the ball to week in and week out, and he's like a franchise guy? You know, sometimes you fall into it, and they fell into it. But the MVP of the league still is Christian McCaffrey at this point. I mean, this guy is incredible. I mean, for a running back to be winning a quarterback's award, right, the MVP? I mean, hey, got to be honest. The 49ers have the two guys right now at the forefront of the MVP discussion, in my opinion. We're five games in. Is that going to be what it is? I don't know. But for for the first five weeks, that's what it is for sure. Those are the top two guys. But I will be back Sunday night. And you know what I'm going to start doing? I have a child, so (laughs) a lot of times when we get home from a game, it's my kid's, you know, he's got to take his tub, he's getting ready for bed. I don't care. And not not that I don't care about my kid, obviously I care about my kid, but his bedtime is going to be delayed about a half an hour anymore because I am going to record my show immediately after these games. I feel like I calm down a little too much. And, And not that that's a bad thing. But I'm not somebody who wants to hear like other people's opinions on a game because I don't want it to, you know, essentially influence my opinions. Not that it does, to be honest. Not that it does. But I like to just be raw because then I could hear some people talk and say, "Hey, maybe they saw the thing I'm seeing. Are we seeing what I like?" Because I feel like I have a really good eye for what I see on a TV copy of a football game, and I feel like I give the best. And I want everybody to have the opportunity to, if you want to hear my show as an Eagle fan, that you can just, after, what, 10 minutes? (laughs) Or 10 minutes, I'm so sorry. After an hour, post-game, you could just put a pot and hear my show. Hear my thoughts on what's going on with the Eagles and what happened in the game. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be instantly up following the game, probably about... An hour post-game, my show will be available. That is pretty much it in terms of previewing what's coming up this weekend. Suo Peta, by the way, shout out to him. Played rather well at right guard. That's a big deal. Because that was a scary thing. And again, speaks to Tyler Steen, but Suo Peta being the right guard. Hey, if you told me at the beginning of the season that's what it was going to be, I'd have a problem with it. Can't say it after that Rams game. That guy played rather well. Want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go!